Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another episode. I'm your host, Aaron Osborne. This episode, my guest is Tom Lincoln. Tom plays in The Nation Blue and Harmony and does his own solo stuff, which we talk a little bit about. Um, Tom and I talked about the Dead Kennedys record, Plastic Surgery Disasters. Um, It was a good chat, a fun chinwag about a record that... I mean, I've heard before and I've heard, obviously, the Dead Kennedys hits um, and listened to the Dead Kennedys before, obviously, but uh, not a record that I've sat down and, you know, focused on. So it was cool to chat to someone who really likes the record and uh, good to, you know, continue the uh, trend of listening to things more that I haven't listened to the whole way through before, which is good. Um, But yeah, good chat about that. Talked about, you know, playing music in isolation and all that sort of fun stuff and growing up and being a fucking weirdo like a lot of us were. Um, but yeah, so talked about that. And also Tom's got a record coming out soon called Raging Head. Um, I'll link to it in the description and things like that, but check that out. Um, and check out his other bands, Nation Blue and Harmony and stuff like that too. Um, and otherwise go back and listen to some of these old Oblivious Maximus episodes, had some fun chats recently, Uh, go check them out, got some new ones coming out soon as well, Um, apologies that they aren't coming out as regularly as they used to be, work has been fucking chaotic, Um, but yeah, please enjoy episode 97 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast with Tom Lincoln, fucking brutal. Tom, thank you for doing the podcast with me. My pleasure. Um, all right, so you picked Plastic Surgery Disasters by Dead Kennedys. Yeah. Why, why, why this record? Um, I think it's the best one by a mile. Um, yeah. Like it's, uh, for me, it's that kind of, it's a band at the peak of their kind of powers. Sure. They had, they had, um, they had D.H. Peligro come in and... And do the EP just before it, and which I reckon is the worst thing they did. Like the In God We Trust, like I fucking hate. I reckon it's just a, just a like a drum warm up for DH. <laughs> and like it's it's fine, but there's so many records that sound like that. I I just reckon it's superfluous. And and like because the obviously the first thing that I heard and the first thing everyone hears is um, Fresh Fruit. Yeah. But this one doesn't have any hits. And it's just incredible from start to finish. Like there's, there's no dud points added on it at all. It's like Power Age. Like yeah, it's, yeah. It's literally like a band who have all this um, kind of like this power and 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 ability, and they don't need to uh, produce a hit to make it to 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 kind of tip it over the edge and make it work. So for me, it's the I don't know from start to finish. It's it's like it's immaculate like it's a really yeah really well, good record it's it's really funny like it, for me it's it's funny so like not a funny choice but like it's in, it's an interesting choice in the scope of that it doesn't have hits on it so it's no. not like it's not a record that i i think if you if you're hearing songs of dead candies the these songs aren't the ones you're just going to hear in passing kind of thing no you, you won't know? hear any of these songs like maybe moon, moon over marine is probably yeah. the only one that 
Um, and to be honest, I, I reckon that's probably the like a just a classic, um, like a classic rock song that you know yeah. is uh, one of the greatest one of the greatest riffs. I mean, to end on that song um, is is insane after some of the rages that are on that record. But it's yeah, it's it's a there are no hits, but there's not a single shit song on there. Dead End would be probably the closest thing to a shit song, and that that's amazing. <laughs> That that sounds like Huskadoo, you know, kind of like on bath salt, like it's yeah, yeah. So when when did you first hear this record? Um, well, I, I got a I got a tape of uh, Fresh Fruit, um, back with Jane's Addiction in like nineteen eighty eight or something. Like I've been a metal uh, metal kid a little bit, and by metal yeah. I mean all the shit, you know, like um, Shout of the Devil was the first record I got. Um, and so when I got this tape, it kind of, it really messed me up. Um, and I kind of just thought it was funny because I, I heard Chemical Warfare and thought it was just a, like that was my into it. Yeah. Is that, is that circus breakdown? And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is weird. Yeah, I like weird. Like I can do this for sure. And then slowly like had my, you know, my brain kind of renovated by the rest of that record. But I, so I was looking for the next, the next Kennedy's record to get. And luckily, I didn't go near Bedtime or Frankenchrist um, and landed on this one, found it, like came over to Melbourne for a summer holiday, which I was, yep. used to do to hang out with my cousins, walked into Keyside and Frankston, and they had um, the the Winston Smith, like the, the, there's like, there was like an old Kennedy's t-shirt, which was like one of the um, pages of the, the booklet. And then they also had the, yeah, plastic surgery disaster sitting there. And it's, yeah, it, like it, even just the intro, I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is a different type of thing. Like this, yeah. isn't, this isn't compact, like little punk songs or whatever I thought the music was at the time. I, I kind of saw it as kind of hammy and gimmicky when I, when I heard Fresh Fruit, I was like, this is full on. Like, this, <laughs> like yeah, he's such a stupid asshole. Like that is a fucking brutal way to start a record. Like, <laughs> so that really spoke to me. Um. So yeah, it's just another intense thing to come out of Frankston. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, I it it is certainly like, I mean, it's pretty pretty obviously. I think, and you you already highlighted it, but like, it's it's to me, it's like sonically such a different thing for from where they were right before it. Like, even like, I suppose for, for me, like my intro to them was Nazi punks fuck off because yeah, it was right. like, oh, you know, because it's got swears in it and it's yeah, punk yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> and then and then like on this and then obviously you know like i've heard the other the other hits but then like this record having having like two songs in having clarinet and saxophone yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know for a punk rap for, for like i guess this era or this style of punk like that's pretty that's kind of jarring like it's kind of weird in in the yeah. scope of what the record is you know yeah, it's uh, they definitely. Um, I think this is the point where they stop caring. And there was also there's some pretty um, cerebral kind of punk coming out, like 1982. Like, is that f- first Flipper record? Um, hmm. Like, there's there's all sorts of like oddities around that time. And then you know, you, after that, you start to see. I don't know. That's why in God We Trust is such a weird 
a weird thing to do. I know like I know like the DC thing was like really big in like eighty one and 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 nineteen eighty and eighty one, and I mean Bad Brains is eighty two as well. Like so you've got all yeah. these kind of like it's just like a bit of a pissing contest. It seemed like it was <laughs> um it was just like oh we got this drummer who can do this now and check this out and it yeah and it, it, like it is right. I mean like even the the, the the like the intros to the songs on in Golby Trust where he's like no nah, no nah, do it faster and you know like that <laughs> but then they just found a way to focus that energy so quickly into um just insane songs like the the end of um like trust your mechanic yeah it's just like just chaos like insane chaos like um DH Pellegrino just going around the kit like mad like this you know this it's just not the usual kind of like um surf guitar of East Bay Ray yeah there's like there's noisier elements i mean riot is one of the most fucking insane songs <laughs> ever yeah like, yeah you know there's just so many like insane songs on it 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 um and to be honest like the i think the person that stars the most on it is probably like Klaus Fluoride that every song starts with the greatest bassline he's ever written that, like that was like five of them in a row. It's it's bullshit. That was like one of the first like notes I wrote down. I just wrote like so much heavy lifting on this record yeah, is being yeah. done by the bass. <laughs> like- yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 insane. And and I guess it was coupled around the time because I mean you'd switch on Rage at any point, um, any weekend around that time, and you're going to see Holiday in Cambodia, like you know, mm. where it starts with him in the crowd screaming at the crowd. But the the thing that really struck me the most in that clip was just the fact that the rest of them looked like accountants, except for TH. Like, <laughs> like East Bay Ray and Claus Fluoride looked like, yeah, like just total sex offenders. So to, to see them doing what they did, and particularly those bass lines coming out of that guy who, like, seriously, like he, the bass looks four times larger than him. Like he yeah. like, a, like a total jockey. And he's just, it's some of the best, like, best bass playing on that record too so it just seems like um maybe he you know really hit his stride with dh and and east bay ray was almost kind of like an afterthought like he's just he's just playing along with some of those bass lines and then ripping the thing over the top that he does yeah well it's like it it, like i i made like yeah the, the note i made is just well for me like thinking about i guess in the the era of this as well and then i guess it continues a little bit it's sort of i think it's like it's a very cliched thing to assume that punk bands like bass is the easy thing in a punk band because it's like oh you know they just play the same thing as the guitars but like bands like this the bass is doing all the work like the guitar it for for the most part like you just said is like kind of just jangly on top and the bass is like yeah yeah it's the same with bad brains like um like like Doctor No would be like shredding, yeah. But Daryl Jennifer's like doing the most insane shit in time with the drums. Like it yeah. is like it, and I've I've tried to direct other people to do that kind of thing, and it it is a like it is impossible. Like the just the the sheer like audacity of the um the right hand. You know, it's like half the time they're not even hitting notes because they can't get there fast enough. You yeah. know? It's like that kind of like you're just sliding the finger like this. But yeah. this hand is like a rhythmical powerhouse, you know. It's it's um, and and yeah, Claus Fluoride's got that. Like it's 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 a it's a pretty awesome kind of you know. And he's ripping runs all over the place. Like he's you know he's yeah, he's bebopping and scatting his yeah. 
Well, like I, I like just like the the. I felt like Halloween. The song, like the whole way through, is just like little, like little great bass licks, <laughs> like yeah. little. Like, you could take them out and go like, here, put this in your rock song. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Have this little bit. Which which one is it? Um, oh, bleed for me to I'm the owl. Like yeah. It, to me, that sounds like the when when I'm the owl starts. It's like oh, this is the same song again because he kind of hinted at some of those things in the previous song. Yeah, it's yeah. like what it's. Like he's, it's the same, you know, it's, it's once again, it comes back to ACDC. It's the same three chords, but they're just rearranging them so, so tactfully that, it, you know, even that, um, I was trying to figure out what it is about that, that, um, cause I reckon that's one of the best, uh, segues, uh, like punk segues that I can, I can kind of recall. And it, I think it might even be like a minor third. So it drops down to like the minor third for the next mm-hmm. song and replicates, a couple of lines that kind of get thrown up in in um in bleed for me um that's that's kind of like the i mean you know that's in the back half of the record and and it's you're still kind of pretty um pretty deep in at that point like it's i just never get tired of this record other other records i get really kind of like you know i'll listen to bits of them yeah but this one's like i don't know 15 songs 16 songs or whatever and i just never get sick of it yeah it's got like i, I think another thing i noticed with it too is I guess in the scope of the previous stuff that they put out and particularly like you mentioned like having some kind of hits and things like that this record has lots of like I don't know if it's like atonal stuff happening as well like yeah. stuff that's like jarring even musically like they've clearly yeah. gone like nah <laughs> like we're not doing that <laughs> one we gotta go this way with it you know like and while there are parts that are like just good like rocky parts the thing behind it or, you know, the bass part or the drum part could just be a normal thing to carry it, but instead they go like, no, 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 we go and like, we'll play the wrong note and play the beat faster over top of it or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Even like weird draggy drum fills and things that are just kind of like, fuck, like it feels like they only just get there, but it's not. Like it's 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 all kind of deliberate. Like he does um, just like little snare fills and things like that that just pull it back. It's a... It's amazing that he'd only been the band for a year at this point when yeah. when they recorded this. I mean, to have that much chemistry straight away, is, he really unlocked them as a band, I reckon. Yeah. And is this, like, I mean, obviously, you know, like, in, in terms of if you were to show someone the Dead Kennedys and they'd never heard it before, would this... Would you go to this first or would you go to the hits first for them? Uh, probably hits. Like, this is, like... It's like it's same thing with ACDC, you know. You you, yeah. you you play them anything else, like you you can't kind of like lead in with rock and roll damnation. It's not. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's all right, but like I don't understand what everyone's banging on about. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they got some fucking they got some hits, all right, but um, yeah, it's it's yeah, I don't know. Maybe for me to be the same thing, like Chemical Warfare was such a um, yeah, such a big song for me. I was just like, you know, it it had. It had all the rage and it had that weird kind of entry point. And I was like, okay, I'm safe in here. Like I'm, I'm sitting in the room and it's a weird room and everything that came before it and everything that comes after it is pretty fucking up there, like pretty, pretty ramped up. Yeah. And I kind of got used to it, but I, I mean, I was listening, like I, there was like a radio show in Tassie, like late at night, there was like one metal show on the Christian channel. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. <laughs> But it was like 92 FM was the only kind of community radio in Hobart and, and 10 o'clock at night 
and it was run by like some pretty hardcore Christians. But at 10 o'clock at night, I used to just tape it. Um, and I'd get probably the first 10 minutes. Um, I'd stay up as late as I could, put a 45 in, hit record. And then, you know, you'd get like maybe the first five or six songs maybe before the tape ran out. And I'd yeah. be fast asleep by this point. But like, and there was, I heard Anthrax on there and I heard things like that. And, um, and clearly remember that and was just like, holy shit. Like this is, this is some, uh, in, in, intense action going on, but it, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's strange to, uh, that, that tape that I first got of Fresh Fruit and it must've been nothing shocking by Jane's Addiction. Like was, cause before that it was just all Guns N' Roses and, and Motley Crue and, mm. and like dipping the occasional toe in and then then kind of realized that the dead kennedys were a punk band and, yeah and I was, like, yeah. All right. was that like obviously picking it up in franger and going and going back to tassie was yeah. there did you have like peers in tasmania who were into this as well or was this like did you find people through liking the dead kennedys or was that kind of you know was that like a separate entity there um yeah i, I wasn't like a total iso kid so i i, I had i had effectively like a um like a proxy older brother who was uh best mate of the family who you know showed me a lot of that crossover stuff so roland's band and and all that kind of stuff you know ministry um even things like fear factory and all that kind of stuff like that these are kind of like i don't know he, you know he listens to more country stuff these days obviously but he's like <laughs> he, he had like him and his mates were all into you know even john zorn and things like that like yeah um pretty early on so by the time i'd kind of hit high school i was totally ostracized because like everybody <laughs> like it was just metallica just fucking metallica or pantera and like i'd i'd get um like in the in the lunchroom uh like the music music room at lunchtime like i'd be forced to play metallica songs which i can't fucking do because i can't play that style of guitar yeah like you know as belsie will tell you i can't fucking play that style of guitar <laughs> like it's um so like yeah it'd, it'd just be the fucking black album on repeat like those fucking dumb cunts from where i'm from were just <laughs> it was just that that record all the time like yeah you know, learn all those fucking songs and, and you know and then we won't bash you and i was like all right do that <laughs> um and like so eventually like i poisoned that community pretty hard with punk music like i'd um I'd, I'd like I wrote off to SST at one point, like when I was I don't know, this must have been ninety two or something like this, and um I wanted a Minutemen jumper. They had those then. I was like, yeah. fuck yeah, I get a Minutemen jumper. And so I was I don't know, I was like thirteen or something, and um they wouldn't give it like they didn't have any, so it must have been must have been Greg or somebody who was working there. Just like they honoured it, gave me like a pay, like a a refund, and sent me a black flag hoodie. So I got called Black Flag for like the next three or four years. I, I couldn't give a fuck about Black Flag. Like it was just, it was just something to keep me warm because you know, like I'd go skating and, and it was the only, the only kind of jumper I had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then then kind of realized what it was later. But the Dead Kennedys are well before that. So like Black Flag, yeah. I like Rollins Band before I like Black Flag. I was like, oh, I guess I'll check the shit out eventually. Yeah. So, and you know. And it's got its moments, like some of it's good. I don't think it holds up as well as, you know, other things. Um, and then kind of, you know, uh, what, about 20 years ago, I went on a pretty deep dive and did a bunch of homework and 
and found things like no trend and you know ssd and all that kind of stuff and yeah yeah and and realized you know realized what was going on a little bit more but um yeah I suppose it, I suppose it's like it's always kind of hard with, with that stuff too though because it's such a different experience being here and finding that music because I mean it's it's you know probably even more so in Tasmania being even further removed but like I mean I remember you know being being a kid in Canberra and like finding like finding stuff was always through you know the <clears throat> the little mail order back catalog things and yeah, yeah. you just pick things that like you know being a metal kid i would just pick like the most brutal thing you know yeah, like yeah. i was like <laughs> oh deicide that sounds fucking brutal i'll that pick that chill. one <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like and, and that's how i got into and like i've got like you know heaps in like typo negative and stuff because i was just like oh man yeah that i'm a goth <laughs> like yeah, yeah, bloody yeah. kisses cool <laughs> like, yeah, evil. you know yeah yeah well i was Yours was evil. Mine was weird. Yeah, like, yeah. It was weird. I was like, like that's how I found Zorn and things like that. Like I was, um, because I, like I still had like because, um, my old man kind of went uh, uh, like born again Christian at one point. And okay. He tried to take he tried to take blood sugar sex magic off me one summer, <laughs> like where he's just like, no, nah, that 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 covers satanic. You can't have it in the house. And I was like, oh fuck. All right, I'll show you satanic. So like, so I started to try and find you know, um, like I had a, there was a kid at my school, and this is the this is the fucking weird thing about black metal. There was a kid at my school who was like one of the like the first um, computer nerds. Like he he works in a like high, he was working in high level IT straight out of high school. Yeah, and so he he'd found he was the first kid with the internet. It was all that kind of shit. Like I didn't get I didn't use the internet for the first time until like ninety five. Yeah, and. And and this kid was doing it like in '92, and he and he had um, but he he was listening to Burzum, yeah, like and and he didn't like any other music. He's just like, oh, I really like this Ken Davis type shit, like this, <laughs> like this, yeah, um, ambient, like it, it 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 like it makes me relax. And I was like, uh, yeah, this isn't relaxing at all. Like <laughs> like it's like, there's there's it's. It hints at other things, but it's still pretty, pretty black. Like, uh, I just, yeah, I'd, it's quite abrasive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I just laughed at him for that. I mean, he, he was, he was probably the biggest edge lord in, in our community. But yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it was, um, you know. But he was, yeah, he was just a dude who loved computers. Um, it's so weird. Yeah, it's strange. It's strange what got through. You know, like it, particularly in that crossover kind of. 89 to 91 period of growing up as well where um things started to go mainstream and people started to get on board with things and mm. and just that i don't know and then it was just everywhere but yeah it, but the same thing constantly happened where i I just people would tell me they're gonna bash me if i didn't play a pantera song or if i didn't play a metallica song you know <laughs> I'd just love to know the environment you were in where metal, like local metal youths were trying to threaten you with violence to, to perform yeah. this music. <laughs> it's, called, it's called the Eastern Shore of Hobart. Like it was, <laughs> it was like every, every lunch break. It was, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, no, that, that, that's the way it went pretty much. Cause I was small too. Like I was a little kid. So, and but yeah. I could play guitar and everyone knew I could play guitar. Um, but yeah it was nobody wanted to play what i wanted to play it was you know so when when like with the i mean i guess another big thing with dead candy specifically is 
like the singing like that is very you know specific to the band and it's it's a huge personality obviously jello biafra like he's a you know and it's like i guess in in terms of this record though like and and i guess you know the hits before it like his singing is so i guess like iconic to this band but in broadly it's like quite if you you know if you if you just think like without this there's so much missing from the future of the way punk vocals happen as well yeah like, yeah that's true yeah and it, it, it's it's so awkward like he's like always whenever i come back to the dead kennedys i always have that initial thought of like is this grating and is this just too annoying to listen to like yeah is jello's voice um just just kind of too much and and it is but he i don't know like there's just he he just gives you just enough to keep you there yeah because it's i can't imagine what it's like for somebody who's pitch perfect to listen to jello and and like oh yeah listen to that. <laughs> it'd be a nightmare <laughs> yeah like it, it's chaos like it really is it, it'd be it'd be a hard listen but it, it's but yeah that i mean that's punk music like it's yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah, not it's not meant to be palatable <laughs> no no they're pitching all over the joint but it's yeah, yeah i don't know but just the and the, the weirdest thing is how with age what's meant to be like a kind of he's coming from a fundamental place of paranoia where everything's like you're not going to believe this fucking outlandish theory that i've got that i'm singing about in this song yeah and now it's like this, this stuff's just common knowledge yeah. <laughs> like, like all, all of the all of the things that he's talking about that seem so um so insane at the time is you know, like it has been proven fact like, yeah like um uh, yeah, once again, bleed for me. Like the rendition, the CIA, black ops programs, all that stuff. Yeah, no, no, no that's all just basic fact. How the that's, fuck did he have true. this information at this stage? Yeah. Like in 1982, how do you know all this shit? Like, yes, yeah. because no, no other punk singer was doing this. Yeah. Um, and and then as soon as it got to hardcore, it was just all about you know, um, like kind of like just wayward PMA statements, you know, like where, where it's just kind of like. <laughs> community affirmations and, and and then also like the like the, my favorite thing which is the um yeah like the you, yeah you're not tough enough to hang with our crew stuff which I, which i you know which i have a real soft spot for um <laughs> but but he was like he can he can barely like get everything that he wants to say into a into a you know like a six minute song yeah a, yeah let alone it's, a two minute one it's it's quite like i think a big thing for me that i associate with him is that like they they give him they give him the song and he's just like, well I'll try and fit it all in. I mean I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you know yeah. you've given me you've only given me this and this is what I got to work with. So. Yeah yeah. And do I have to do I have to wait for an intro? Or can I come straight <laughs> in? Like it's I'm gonna need all the available real estate to make this to make this happen. Yeah. It, like I know I know old punks like him, and it's fuck it's a hard hang like it like yeah. for. Yeah, and I I can just imagine. Um, I've never met him. He he signed my like I got a an uh like a a cherry red version of fresh fruit and and um, Gordy from Frenzel got it got it signed for me. And he's like, oh, I'm not fucking signing that. And then then he saw it was a real one and he, and he signed it. Um, but that was the closest I ever came to kind of like you know coming into contact with him. Um, yeah, I saw one of those fucking shit. Um, DK's thing with you know with the with whoever was singing. Yeah. 
um, and also doing his spiels between songs. Like it's pretty, you know. Well, that I mean that that was that was another note that I made is that like it's it's very interesting for a band like this that's so I mean I guess instrumental in the broad context of punk that they are now effectively like a a shadow of their former selves and there's there's no way to there's no way to argue that it isn't a cash in like that's what it is yeah 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 well i mean and to their credit but also proven by the fact that they have not released a single new song yeah which which is great like so clearly it's just a cover band it's you know um, yeah no more chili jam or whatever the fucking band, you know, like yeah. it's, 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 there's no, like they should be doing casino like that. Yeah. That is pretty much the, um, the target audience. Like it good on them because I don't know, um, for them, I guess they can't without jello, they can't release anything. I mean, who, you know, can you imagine the step down in vocal lyrical content? Well, and, and it would just be whoever did something for them too. Like, it's not like they're going to go, Oh yeah, here's our singer, and it sounds different. Like they don't, yeah. they don't really have the option to do that at no, this point. No, no. Like no. they can only have him or someone pretending to be him. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, a computer-generated kind of, you know, yeah. like hologram rock that'd probably work. Mm. It's it, it, and maybe it, that's a good thing, but it, fuck, it didn't, it didn't stop the Misfits. Like the Misfits were able to to put out that like that project, the covers record, and all sorts of shit. Like and. I guess they're another example. And to to be honest, they did a lot better when I saw him live because um, Jerry's vocals were so low in the mix. He just let the crowd do the work, and it was <laughs> and it was kind of similar for Dead Kennedys. But that um, yeah, just in between songs, that guy should just, whoever it was. I don't even know who it was. Yeah. Um, he yeah, he should have just stood there silently waiting for the next <laughs> politely waiting for the next song to get counted in. Because yeah. it was you, it was, you do your job, mate. You just yeah, wait yeah. there until we yeah. start. <laughs> You're a fucking sub subcontractor, mate. Just like <laughs> shut up until it's time to do your thing. Yeah. Like, I mean I, I think know. I think the other thing too that's I mean, it's quite interesting that that it happens to a band like this, but that they're, you know, a, a band that's has so much like actual ethos and like diy everything like record the music yourselves produce it yourselves release it yourselves this that and the other then spends like years and years suing each other yeah 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 (laughs) like like it seems so bizarre to write songs about like anarchy and anti-establishment and then end up using the legal system to hit each other for royalties yeah yeah that's it going through the civil courts like it's it's yeah it's pretty strange well it's like ice tea playing a cop on tv like it's it's just like who are you like what are we doing yeah where are we at um yeah that stuff seems strange and then and then for uh you know like jello was obviously being a little bit dodgy with royalties and yeah and, and he um it was an accounting error that they didn't. They didn't. He he kind of he dragged his feet on, but it cost him the all their uh, discography. Yeah, and, you know, like so it's fucking pretty pretty harsh penalty. Um, well, and it's insane to think as well. Just like I mean, when you when you read it in and like like I was reading it all into it. Like I knew about it, but I was reading like a bit more details on it yesterday. And like I was just thinking, I was like, of course. Like it's no surprise at all that 
a punk band from the 80s that were doing all their own shit had an accounting error. Like, that's not a surprise yeah, at all. There's no, there's no <laughs> surprise that they're not good at financial management. But, like, yeah. at the same time, like, you, it, it takes a special kind of person that when that gets pulled up to just be going, like, I can either just go, like, all right, let's let's chill and figure it out or just like nah fuck you like i'm yeah, taking it. this like yeah, we're going to up. court <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah talk to my lawyer yeah um yeah it's strange because yeah it's yeah it went to acrimony really quickly i mean it you know what it's they're arguing about 25 percent of nothing too so yeah like, in the in the broadest game like it'd be really interesting to see how much money they did make as, as a band because it, it like if you were to base it on t-shirt sales, like they'd be one of the biggest bands ever. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. That that the, that that t-shirt was ubiquitous. All of them. The holiday in Cambodia one, like fuck. Yeah. You know, I can't even imagine how much those t-shirts go for now on the internet. Oh, yeah. It's like I think the the other thing with it too though is that they're. I mean, it, it's funny that the the argument to get the rights and to be able to play the songs and stuff and then the way that it's being used is like we just talked about like it's effectively like a cover band <laughs> you know yeah. like that that's the use that's coming out of all that fighting like it just seems so like i'm sure and you know again it's not me it's not my experience so i don't know but like from from an outside perspective it just looks like what a fucking waste of for for all of that trouble <laughs> like yeah 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 you know? of legacy of everything like it, it it's it reads really badly and i mean jello's guilty of it too because mm. when i saw the guantanamo bay fucking rollers or whatever it was with you know like and it was a good band like it had andy weiss from ween and rollins band in it like it was yeah a, it wasn't a fuck around band but their their set as well hinged on like they didn't do fork boy by lard or anything like they, they like the it was all hinged on the encore of dead kennedy song yeah know? and so i mean he's 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 doing it as well i don't know but who who fucking knows i'm still in an emo band after, <laughs> 20, after 22 years you know like yeah. fuck. We, we all uh yeah we all make our decisions yeah so like for with this record and the is this a record and a band that has like continued to influence the things that you do or or is this a time and place thing for you yeah time and place definitely i don't i, I think i think the influences um oh fuck i don't even know where they you know I, I'd, I'd say that like things like appetite for destruction are probably bigger <laughs> bigger influences yeah, sure. like like that thing was like just everywhere and i, I learned how to do it and you know like i'd learn how, how to kind of play those songs yeah um like still rip out sweet child of mine as a joke in between songs <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a 30-year joke 40-year joke that's going real well yeah um but it's yeah i don't know like it, dead kennedy's i think is i learned how to play some of the songs um because for me it was all like i just spent all my time by myself like e even into my teenage years i didn't go out like Everybody else was getting out, getting king hit at you know, like <laughs> at, at parties, and I was just at home playing guitar along to Tazzy like commercials. So yeah, I'd sit right. In the beanbag and just play guitar all night, and then just try and shred over the <laughs> over the over the commercials <laughs> or whatever theme song came on. And I'd also like I had a bunch of guitar books. Like I learnt all of fucking Blood Sugar and Stevie Ray Vaughan and all these kind of things. But Dead Kennedys were. Um, 
it was so contingent on that guitar sound too. Yeah. Um, but it's still like I I got a Guild uh, Gretsch Astrojet, um, and that was one thing that East Bay used to play, and like it always kind of like it was one. It's probably one of the ugliest guitars. Like it, yeah, yeah. It, you know, like it looks like a melted SG, and but I think that yeah, the reason I got it is probably because of him. Like I love his guitar playing, and, and yeah, but it's just it's it's like I don't know. It's like Donald Trump having admiration for Putin. You know, like they—they don't—they're two kind of polar opposites, but they're still kind of fucked in their own unique ways. But it—it was just like a, just a wave from the other side of the, you know, the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, I—I don't understand what he does, but it's—it's something that I've just I've processed and listened to so many times that you know. Yeah. I guess it's part of my DNA. I just don't have the skill set to actually do it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that. A big thing for me with with stuff like this too, though, is like it it um it really sticks sticks into that you know self producing, self releasing, working on everything aspect of that. I think you know I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways for me with uh you know the influence of punk and hardcore more into even the sense of like you know predominantly playing in metal bands kind of my whole life. Yeah, that 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 element of it has been the thing that's always carried over more for me with in terms of like an influence that i take from this stuff is that like you don't need to you don't have to pay someone else heaps of money to get it done like you can probably figure it out one of your friends will figure it out you know (laughs) yeah yeah that's true i mean yeah it's it's i'm trying to think like there's heaps of like fucking like um abysmal new zealand stuff and like all, when, when i kind of found the the hobart music scene there were a bunch of people who were just like heavily into four tracking and all that kind of stuff yeah um but yeah punk punk definitely that that's what i'd kind of got from it is that it there are some there are some classic punk records that uh you know a, a woeful sounding like yeah terrible sounding and and that's that's i guess one of the things that kind of really got me on that front was I started to be attracted to, because I guess it came under that category of weird, the the harshest and the like the most dysfunctional punk, and like that's what like Flipper like I, I was obsessed with because it was yeah. just like oh everything's out of tune and out of time like that is an achievement like that is a that Man. goes against the, the 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 basic tenets of of organization we play i exist played with flipper when they came here it was like the weirdest yeah. thing ever like so did nation blue and yeah. like that they that we got asked to do it. i guess because like dave collins had something to do with the tour or whatever and liked us <laughs> and like but we we played it and it was when from i exist being having six people at one point we had four people like we were down to being a four piece and we played a show in we played a house show in an abandoned house in Nowra the day before. Really? Yeah. And Sam, who plays guitar and I exist, was playing bass. And we stopped at a skate park on the way to the show and Sam broke his arm. <laughs> and so, oh, like, oh, yes. we, had, <laughs> we had to play the show as vocals, guitar, drums for a band that, generally speaking, has three guitar players. <laughs> and so we played that show and then we had to play a flipper the next day and we were like, well, fuck, we can't pull out. Like, we got to play this show. And so I just, like, did a classic, 
line splitter plugged into my guitar amp and into the bass amp and played and i and like watched flipper and it was like i hadn't really heard too much about them but i knew that they were like this you know you know seminal band to 80s punk and all this or whatever and they played and it was just like an absolute mess of stuff going on and like you said like often like there was definitely like a good chunk of that set where the guitar was like nowhere near in in any sync with the other guys you know anything nah and yeah well that's it i mean and so you were effectively you out flipping flipper or you know like you were were more professional than flipper and they were uh, well it was like after the show like one of them was one of them was talking to me and murph the drummer from i exist and he was just like man you guys are so fucking tight and we're like (laughs) well that's because there's only two of us right now it's pretty hard to be slubby when the other four people aren't here (laughs) and you got and you got 30 years of low standards like I tried to have, I tried to swap picks with um, Ted Falconio, the guitarist. Yeah, and and he did not understand the concept. Like he he was he's one of those people I reckon that needs to be walked around and changed mm. and and you know like it was there was just nothing there and they had they had the female bass player who you could tell was just copying it from the singer. Like you could tell that she was new in the band. Yeah, and Bruce Luce, the singer, just like the whole time was focused on it, and I was like, "Fuck, you can live in Australia if you want." <laughs> like, do you, uh, uh, like, can you blink twice if you're in danger? Because like, you, we could we could have you um, have you out of this situation somewhere else. Because they're just like the the drama was kind of on top of it, but they were just just, uh, just fucking so removed from reality. Like, it was strange. Like, I actually saw him hit. Like, I saw probably three shows. And one of them was incredible, and the other one, the other two, um, were dog shit. And dog shit seemed to be the, the, uh, the, the general vibe. But there's a point where I think they they get so, um, just the tension gets so intense that they actually work. Yeah. And I, luckily, I saw one of those shows and it was great. But fuck, there was just there was no talking to them, no nothing. Like, it it was bizarre, and I mean, because in Canberra, like. You know, there's, you know, when you're when you're playing a show in Canberra, it's not like there's venues with fucking green rooms or there's venues with like <laughs> cool. It's like you're there, you're just at the pub. That's that's yeah. the venue kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember not not that they were like being rock stars or anything, but I just remember like like us chatting about what we were doing and me like having to fuck around and. Because I don't know, you know, I'd never used a line splitter before at that point. So I was yeah, like, yeah. have it learning it on stage while I was setting up. Like, okay, if I press this, it'll make that go off. All right, now I got it. Like, <laughs> and then, but yeah, just afterwards, that one, like, sort of, you know, passing comment that, like, man, you guys are really tight. And I was just like, like fuck off. what? <laughs> like, and then, but yeah, and then seeing them, uh, you know, half an hour later, I was like, Oh, this puts that into context a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yes, we You've were never quite been tight. tight in your life. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's 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 been yeah, it's completely unattainable for people like them. Yeah. But when I saw the Kennedys, the um the band were still pretty good. Like DH had lost a stride, but the the rest of them were, were really you know like the other two were really kind of locked in and really good. Mm. Um, because I've seen so much fucking old white guy you know like uh, the reformation shit um yeah and it's it's like i don't know it's kind of hit the wall with it after a while and um 
they were only like Wire were really fucking good because they refused to play old songs, so you can't kind of get an idea of, um, you can't kind of gauge it. You don't get enough of a snapshot to go, oh, they're fucking terrible. <laughs> like they're just playing new things. Um, yeah, it's it's, but you know, it there's there's been plenty of debacles. Like, oh yeah, I saw I saw the fucking Stranglers, and I reckon that this is like in the early two thousands, and I reckon their drummer was in his late nineties at that point. <laughs> Like, and it, he, he just uh, the drum kit was enormous and it looked like it had a ramp at the back for like wheelchair access access because he just sl- sl- like came up and slid into this thing and he couldn't move his head like he, it was like a kind of like a jab of the hut situation where he was barely playing the fucking i don't know and it was just like um i don't know how they did it they still sounded really good like i don't know if it was just some, like they were playing backing tracks behind her or what like yeah. kind of doing the she had thing but it was yeah it was insane like it was it was still all right but yeah i don't know i mean it's, uh, yeah just some of the yes i mean for, for i guess you know the other thing too it's like it is it is uh you know it's it's one thing to expect to see stuff like this now <laughs> comparatively yeah. to when it was created because it's been like you know, I can't imagine I'm going to be that much chop in 40 years time. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's it. Like, I, you know, I, I kind of like I always had a had a theory that, um, and 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 I've broken it every year of my life since. But like, really early on, I was like, "Fuck, you know what? Like, this isn't this isn't a music for people over 20." Like, yeah, that you sh- you should have to hand in your card and <laughs> and move into middle management and just forget about it. You know, like it it shouldn't um, be something you should be allowed to do. And I, I had that, I had that thought, and I had those, you know, th- those kind of convictions. Um, and yeah, just it just you just nobody ever calls up and takes takes back your membership. You just keep turning up. Well, and that like it's really funny because I mean I guess everyone that I know that's effectively like dropped out did it when they were twenty. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't drop out when after being an adult. They dropped out before, you know, whereas yeah, yeah, like everyone yeah. who's stuck it out is still just like you know, just well, I just like keep liking this, so I'll just keep doing it forever, yeah, I keep, guess. Keep going. Yeah, that's it. But, you know, um so long as there's I guess so long as you can physically do it. That's that seems cuz it it is insanely physical music. Like it is it requires yeah. It requires like that rage, you know, that raging kind of um, ability of youth to to be able to do it. And I don't know, like even the last the last few Nation Blue tours, I was just like, fuck, you know what? Like, like I'm a carpenter. Like <laughs> I, I'm I'm no longer like a, and, and I just wonder how long I I hadn't been, but I'm no longer like a able to be a punk musician. Like it is fucking. Like I just it, all the damage is accumulated, and I I can't kind of keep it up for forty five minutes anymore. Yeah, I was doing like hour sets at that point. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like we used to do half an hour when we were twenty. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's I don't know. Like even seeing like Keith Morris, you know, in off and things like that. It's like fuck. I I know how he smells, and I know how he feels. Like it must be just exhausting man like fuck uh, on you yeah i mean and and that's the thing that's the thing as well like i think the i'm kind of in the the reality where like 
if I was going to stop doing this, I would have stopped by now. If I was going to stop yeah, yeah, liking yeah, yeah. it, it would have already happened. Like, there's no yeah. way... Because I know that I, you know, in terms of, like, the grand scope of being an adult, like, this doesn't fit in anymore. But, like... No, no, it doesn't. But for some reason, when, you know, I'm sitting on the couch, I'm still thinking about death metal, and I don't know why. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? yeah, that's it. Yeah, every day. I mean, like, I I, I work with um power, power tools all, constantly. Yeah. I don't think about them ever. All I think about is, um, you know, is how I can make A minor to C work for another fucking ten years. You know, <laughs> like there's got to be another way to um just just to elongate it. But it, I don't know. Like yeah, it's 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 it just comes down to um just not playing live for me. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I just I fucking love recording. Like I I just did an hour and a half before before talking to you you know like yeah right just constantly recording i got fucking probably three records still that i'm still working on ready to go but it yeah i i think the um i don't know when we're gonna play live again i'd like i'd, I'd probably be jonesing for it by that point but i just yeah i wonder down here that that's not happening no nah. this year obviously well i mean i've had i had a bu- I mean in various different you know, bands and things like that had so many, had so much stuff organized, things booked, all yeah. this stuff to do, and all of it's cancelled because it's just like even just having band practice is off. You know, yeah. and like as much as the and I've talked about it a couple times on this with other people, but just like the thing, the problem for me is that I get the drive to push to keep doing it through seeing other people and playing with them. Like I don't, yeah. I don't have really the skill of other than just like writing a song and being done with it. I don't have the mental capacity to just constantly be playing guitar. Like I don't, it for me playing guitar is like you write, Social. you write the song so that you can play in the band. That's what yeah, yeah, playing yeah. guitar is for. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> So this right now for me is like, I mean, I've been writing some stuff and sending it to people and like, obviously playing with the guys in Canberra still, they're able to jam. So like, they're sending me stuff and I'm just kind of learning it and sending them stuff and they're learning it. But like, it's kind of depressing them sending me like demos that sound really good. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Well, I'll just be watching footy for the next month and then (laughs) see how we go. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. And and that's been fun for the last month. I know know you go for the same team I do. So like... (laughs) That's when I got more musically active. I was like, uh, I'll just resign myself to like just dad sports mode. Yeah. And then like I go for the San Antonio Spurs who are rebuilding and Hawthorne who are rebuilding. It's like, fuck this. Like I'm going to write another record. <laughs> like there's no, there's, there's no, no place for it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it is, it's social. Like I, I just make, make bands to go and hang out with people, you know? Like, yeah. You know, but you, so you've got, is your new record out now? Or is it about to come out? I've been shipping it. Yeah, for something to do. So I got it, yeah, I got it about three weeks ago. It's out in another couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything about that is is you know uh, just a simulation. Like there, there there is no band. Yeah. Um, it was just a bunch of drum takes that I cut together into songs. Yeah. Right. Um, and Jay played drums on it, right? Yeah. So I. He came down to when we were recording um, one of the Nation Blue, those two two records. The last thing we did, um, I was having an overdub session. I was like, "Man, just come down and and set up your drums." And he he literally played, I reckon, for forty minutes. Yeah, right. Including including setting up and all the rest of it. 
and it, and he'd play just quick passage for 20 seconds and i was like and that that's all I, I was able to turn that into a whole song yeah right that's awesome and i was just do a bunch of fills do this do that you know give me some individual strikes and then we went like we spent more time eating thai food than doing <laughs> doing the actual recording and that's a good way to do it yeah yeah it was i mean it's total bullshit and it sat there for ages and i did the guitar parts and then eventually got got a mate to play bass on it and then this year i was like fuck i guess you know before all this shit started i was like i better gotta write some words again so yeah this is like my i'd be up around 250 sets of lyrics since i started playing music so like (laughs) it's getting really like uh, you know night and light is getting like it's at at its moment in the sun like i've (laughs) definitely pulled that one out 50 times so yeah i don't know it's i'm getting pretty cynical about lyric writing i you know it's um which you know it happens once again if i if i had a chucked on this record i probably would have would have found a lot more to dig my dig my uh, teeth into but yeah fuck it's, it's getting harder and harder yeah so is that is that kind of like the <clears throat> the way you're going forward with the stuff that you're doing at the moment like is it just pulling stuff together that you're you're writing or are you doing it with other people or um yeah, I mean, th- there were a couple of recordings, like uh, my wife and kid and I uh, pissed off to Greece last year for half the year. So yeah, I-, I kind of like I had a bit of a burst before then, so I'd have stuff to work on while I was over there, and then didn't touch it. So I've probably got two or three recordings sitting there with other people. Um, got a ripper of one with Cinta from Useless Children, um, and a and Bonnie Mercer like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and I'm still trying to figure out what it is. I keep re-recording guitar parts for it, but the the everything everything else sounds great. But I've just got to kind of commit to to doing something. Yeah. And then I tried to sing on it while I was over there, and was just like, oh fuck, like my voice is cooked. Like it's you know, <laughs> like I was able to squeeze a bit of life out of it for this one, but just trying to find new ways of doing things and all the rest of it. So yeah. And then I, I've just got solo recordings like that. Um, uh, that first solo record is. I've got another couple of those sitting there. Yeah, right. From Greece last year. Um, I spent the entire time I was over there trying to find an amp that wasn't a, like a, a valve state. Like, like Yeah, right. Like Or, or a PV Bandit. Like, they were all just dog shit amps. Like, Europe and their fucking amps. Like, I've managed to find one orange amp on the whole island. Like, <laughs> and, and it's a big island. Like, it's as big yeah. as Tassie. But, um, yeah, fuck, it was... It, it took me... An, took me forever to save up for it finally got it and then re-recorded everything and it's pretty good so i'll, I'll get um i'll get working on that eventually but that means writing lyrics and then then you got to go back to the well so <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's not a well it's, <laughs> so, yeah. all right Funny. well let's uh i'll i'll wrap it up there but thanks for uh thanks for chatting with me about this record and thanks Aaron. Yeah. us existing in a music sense in a weird pandemic <laughs> a couple of holograms just yeah, screaming into the void <laughs> i love it yeah cool well thanks for doing it man champion i'm gonna hit stop <laughs>